Hello everyone and welcome to 20 Minute Marketing. We are now at episode 16. Um, this will probably be the last episode that gets out in 2019, to be honest. Uh, but I just wanted to start by um, saying a quick thank you to all of the guests throughout the year that have given up their time to join. I know that I've learned an incredible amount from them myself and I've no doubt that you guys have too. I'd also like to wish everyone a wonderful Christmas and New Year, and I'm sure that I'll see you all very shortly um, in the New Year with episode 17, whenever that is ready. Um, so yeah, let's get started with this episode uh, number 16 right away. Today's guest is Jeff Crane, who is the director at Kingstar Media, who are one of Canada's largest um, digital agencies. So hi, Jeff. I hope you're doing well. Uh, could you start by giving us a quick introduction about yourself and Kingstar? Hi, Liam. Thanks for having me on today. Um, my background is primarily digital marketing. Uh, I kind of grown into the space right out of university and have been in it uh, for about 10 years now. I started on the agency side, working on brands like Coca-Cola uh, and Johnson & Johnson, doing digital buying for them. Uh, then I moved into the affiliate world and was kind of a high volume media buyer there. And over the last two years, I have been with Kingstar, um, kind of focusing on integrating digital with other traditional platforms uh, and have them all attribute and work together. So quite an extensive background and lots of different channels um, all over the place, which is going to be great because we're going to actually cover sort of those traditional um, channels and how you can utilize them when everything else is digital. <laughs> So yeah, let's get started and talk about um, some of the traditional marketing channels that you um, use at Kingstar and um, the benefits of them and maybe taking a traditional approach when everyone is using digital channels. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Kingstar was built originally as a production company um, producing infomercials uh, and commercials for kind of direct response-based marketers. Um, from there, we grew into uh, a media agency uh, buying time across TV, radio, print, out of home and now obviously digital radio as well. Um, basically, we've kind of worked to transform from being direct response marketers to performance-based marketers. And we try to delve that into every, uh, of the main, every one of the mainstream channels. Uh, so when we're buying television, uh, radio, print, out of home or digital radio, the main focus is still a KPI. Um, so on television, uh, we, each week we get the station reports. We have a KPI, whether it be web visits, uh, phone calls into a, a 1-800 number uh, or installs from the site. We work with our attribution team uh, to attribute every sale, click, uh, and then from there that allows us to optimize. We do the same thing uh, across radio, print, and out of home. While obviously the mediums are a little bit different, uh, the main goal is just to optimize towards the most kind of lowest performance or lowest KPI possible, um, and then obviously scale up the ones that are performing well. And how do you um, go about determining on traditional platforms, whether it's conversions or brand awareness or um, just exposure? What is the different ways of determining it compared to maybe a digital approach? Yes, I mean, I think the digital is, is so great with attribution because you can the tracking is right done there from the click. Uh, you can track it all the way through 
especially with advanced pixels like Facebook and Google, it gives you a ton of insight. With the traditional uh, formats, especially television, they're not as uh, developed from an attribution standpoint uh, versus digital. So we do have to do uh, some finessing. Uh, basically what we do is we know the time that the spot has been aired. Uh, we know the exact location that it was aired. We usually work with the client to pair back with either their Google Analytics or internal reporting platform. And there we can analyze the timestamp uh, and the geolocation. And that allows us to pair it with the spot that ran at the similar time. And it's, it's interesting as well because, um, you know, when you write a pay-per-click ad or something, you, you know that you have a set number of words. How do you go about knowing what to say to people? And is there a set tone or message that you try to um, put out? Yeah, so I think it, it, we really lean um, a lot kind of on the brand and trying to, or the advertiser and understanding their market and what their messaging is, um, what kind of demographic they're trying to reach. From there, we'll tailor the station mix uh, and as well as the messaging to that. So it's really kind of on a case-by-case -case basis, depending on the advertiser. What are some of the overall benefits to a company who might take the route of radio advertising or TV advertising? Um, is there generally less competition in those fields now or is it still quite competitive? So I think the, the way that we look at it is, and we're working with a number of DTC brands, um, that has really been a focus for us and a lot of them are coming on board now. I think with digital, a lot of them start as digital companies. Uh, we can take a Trivago, for instance, and they scale up to a certain kind of place on digital, but they're not able to kind of scale farther um, than a certain way. So what TV and radio does, it kind of opens up a new bucket of users, and it's that mass awareness top of funnel driver. Um, from there, it just creates more people in their, in their top of funnel that they can hit uh, in middle of funnel and bottom of funnel on digital. And then do you think that there's a way to blend traditional channels um, with like new digital channels such as social media, TikTok, Instagram, where maybe millennials might be using more or do you have to treat them as separate identities almost? Yeah, no, I definitely think uh, that the strategy should always be to blend it. I mean, we live in this kind of multi-platform, uh, multi-device consumption world where either you're watching television on your phone, you're watching YouTube and you're on your phone. Um, people are consuming three to four devices at a time sometimes. Um, so the idea is to try to have them pair uh, together. So what we'll do is if we know that a TV spot uh, is running at a certain time in a kind of a high profile airing where there's going to be a lot of eyeballs, um, we'll bid up our search, uh, especially the terms where we're not in number one position um, so that when people do Google anything related to the advertiser or the brand, um, that the number one spot, paid spot on Google will come up showing their brand. Um, we've seen huge success, especially from the mobile side on Google now, where basically you're only seeing uh, the top two paid ads above the fold. You have to scroll down for anything organic. Um, to be in that number one and two position, if you're running TV or radio, uh, is extremely important. Otherwise, your competitors are going to take away market share by bidding on your terms and, and being in that position. Of course, yeah. And then I'm just going to sort of keep going with like... Um... Um, the traditional side of things when you have all of these options like tv radio um, online streaming podcast advertising um, for anyone who's new to it might not know the difference between putting an ad on a podcast or putting an ad on the radio um, what goes behind sort of those decisions and how do you how do you make that yeah so i think that um, you just got to kind of understand where the user is when they're listening to both so 
typically for radio, we, we kind of have an understanding that it's like 60 to 70% of the people are driving in the car while they're listening to radio. Uh, with podcasts, it's, I guess, growing more um, in that regard. But a lot of people listen to it at work. They're listening to it at home. Um, I feel like they're kind of consuming it in a lot of different places. So you just got to try to understand where the consumer is while they're listening. And on traditional radio, if they're driving in the car, they can't really go to their phone and dial the 100 number or Google the spot. So it has to be something that resonates, something that they'll remember and we'll try to keep the frequency of the ad. So maybe they'll hear it two or three times on their drive home. Then when they get home, it'll resonate and look. Whereas with kind of digital radio or a podcast, uh, we're looking for like a direct call to action right away. So maybe it's a coupon code or some sort of urgency message where we want them to transact uh, immediately. And I guess that way, by doing it through that option as well, you've got a way of tracking success. Absolutely. That, that makes it a lot easier for sure. Um, digital radio and podcasts are a lot easier to, to attribute uh, versus radio where it's more of kind of like a halo uh, branding effect. And do you think that it, recent trends have gone more towards that side of things or is there still um, a place for both? I definitely think that digital radio uh, is, is taking over, but I mean, you still have the baby boomer demographic who, uh, are traditional in their kind of media consumption. Um, they're still going to be listening to the programming that they've been listening to for the last 10, 20 years. Uh, they're not going to switch. Obviously, there are going to be some early adopters, but um, we're still seeing uh, strong kind of results across radio. Uh, again, it really depends on the product. Obviously, if the product's targeting a kind of 20 to 30-year-old uh, man or woman, radio, traditional radio is probably not the best spot. Uh, but if it's something for 45, 50 plus, then definitely radio would be included in the mix. Um, and then I think this is sort of a, a good question. Say if, if an, uh, a company who's never done um, digital radio or um, commercial radio or anything like that before wanted woke up one day and said, hey, we want to do an ad today. We've never, never done it before. Um, where would they even start? Did they need to like research radio stations that might be appropriate or think about content first? Or, or what do you think they should try and do first? Yeah, so my first thing would just be, okay, what's my demographic? Then I would, uh, if it's kind of a younger demo, I would look for digital radio, older, I would look for traditional. And then we would, the next step would be to create some sort of content. So understand the messaging based on the platform that you're going to uh, execute on. And it's just, we have a recording studio here uh, in the agency. We have uh, kind of clients come in all the time. It's a simple kind of one to two hour process. We'll hire some talent um, to do the voiceover for the spot. We'll uh, have our production team write the script and then obviously liaise with the brand to make sure they're comfortable with it. Uh, and then from there, we just kind of execute the spot. We have a 15 and a 30 second length spot. Um, and then we can kind of go to Spotify. And uh, right now it's kind of a self-serve option. We can just load up the audio file. Um, kind of select the inventory that we want and it's as simple as that you can kind of turn it all around literally within 48 hours so yeah not as long as um, someone who's never done it before might have anticipated um, some people might think that there's a, a weekly or monthly kind of planning process behind it yeah no definitely like digital radio especially and, and radio is very kind of quick turnaround whereas kind of television print and out of home those would definitely be a longer kind of uh, life cycle to execution and just now you've mentioned a few different other channels i'm just going to sort of move away from radio um i read something of yours about direct mail i believe um which is another traditional um marketing channel 
um, and how that sort of is a new way um, to get at millennials through um, nostalgia and sort of old school branding. Um, I was wondering if you had any uh, anything further to sort of elaborate on that. Yeah, no, I definitely. I mean, I think we're we're always looking for ways uh, to reach the younger demo because they're not consuming media um, in the same ways that kind of the baby boomers did. So uh, direct mail is a great way um, because regardless of your age, if you kind of uh, have a condo or a house, you're going to be getting mail at some point. Um, for there, again, it's we're looking kind of for an urgency or a coupon uh, or a sale. That's the idea in, um, in the direct mail piece to pitch something that they can transact on immediately. Again, we're performance-based. We want to see some return on the investment. We're not like a, a brand uh, where it's just kind of a brand message. We're, again, looking for go to uh, x.com and type in uh, 10 off for $10 off uh, this product. Yep. Um, and I guess now you can even incorporate QR codes and, and, and other things as well that um, whilst they're still on a paper, they eventually take someone to a digital place, but you don't have the competition of uh, a bidding, a bidding war or anything like that, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great point. QR codes, um, we've seen some great success with it. It obviously takes a little bit of work uh, on the brand side and they have to be properly integrated, but if they are, then um, it can be a simple win. Um, and then, yeah, I think we're touching on like the 15, 16 minutes of the main section. Um, so just have a bit of a fun question now. Um, obviously, every industry is different. So depending on the type of company, it will change. Um, but if you were setting up a brand right now that was like a B2C company um, with all of the channels available to you um, and your experience, where would you start or what would you focus on the most? Yeah, so I think that obviously I come from the affiliate world and I've, I've launched hundreds of uh, Shopify stores and, um, and tested a lot digitally. I think the cost to entrance for uh, a digital media is obviously a lot less than television, typically TV, even in a small market like Canada, small relative to the US to the UK. Um, we're looking for kind of a fifty to $75,000 spent per month to get any sort of uh, idea of how we perform radio a little bit less, kind of twenty to 30000 just to see how it would perform. In the, if you're talking US, the UK, you're probably looking five to 10 times that amount. So with that said, I feel like uh, digital is the best way in. Um, you can kind of create a Shopify store now for a relatively affordable price. You can optimize it, and then you can run a Facebook test for one to $2,000, and you can kind of see if the brand or the product that you're advertising has some sort of life and build on it from there. And again, like we talked about, Liam, it's like with digital, you get that performance back uh, in the KPIs right away. Whereas with TV and radio, you have to kind of wait um, kind of one or two weeks to really see the effects. Uh, so for a new brand, you don't really have time or the investment for that. So digital is still, I think, the easiest uh, and lowest cost of entrance. It's kind of like a good way to summarize in a sense that um, maybe those traditional format um, channels uh, certainly useful and can add a lot of value to a brand that might um, have already got up and running um, and it's definitely a thing to check out if you've never done it before um, but someone who maybe is just starting off might want to take a bit of a safer approach and maybe um, throw a few cheap uh, pay-per-click ads out and see what happens 100% couldn't agree more I feel like the traditional radio for brands or products that are a little bit more developed um, maybe a year or two in the life cycle uh, and yeah definitely a lot cheaper and, and uh, more affordable to test um, digital marketing off the, off the start. Yeah, so I think we'll um, leave the main section right there. So we've got um, a good taste of how traditional channels work that haven't been mentioned before on the podcast. 
So if you just stay with us, we're going to touch on some graduate advice very shortly. So we're just going to finish off as normal with graduate advice. As always, if anyone's new to the industry as well, industry as well, it can apply. Um, so Jeff, could you just tell us a little bit about uh, maybe, I don't know, your experience graduating and how that impacted you? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I came out of school and I think like anybody, uh, your first few interviews, you're quite nervous. Um, so my goal was just to get as many interviews as possible, get in the room and start speaking so that you feel comfortable. And uh, chances are, the first couple of times are not going to go as well as you think. Again, don't get discouraged. Uh, just keep pers persevering and pushing through. Learn from what you did wrong and parlay it to have a good interview um, next time. I think for me, it probably took uh, three or four interviews to land on my first job. And again, it was just, I had a great rapport with the person, uh, with my eventual boss. Uh, and it was just more, we had a free flowing discussion where I was comfortable and I was able to get the job. So again, just practice and, and try your best to, to be relaxed. And comfortable. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, for me from the digital side uh, specifically, uh, I'm spent a lot of my time on Facebook and Google buying, and there are some like fantastic uh, Facebook groups that you can join. Uh, if you check out ad leaks, uh, there's a gold uh, and a platinum group. The platinum is paid for, but the gold is is free. Uh, and it was created by Tim Bird, who is kind of calling the godfather of Facebook ads. Uh, tons of great content in there. It's a great place to start. Um, and then in addition to that, I mean, YouTube, it's such a great resource. If you just kind of type in uh, how to build Shopify store or how to create my first Facebook campaign, um, there'll be 15 to kind of 30 minute uh, interviews with kind of high level experts that will break it down for you simple um that's my best advice yeah and i think even if someone went into an uh, an interview and they said well i haven't built a shopify store before but i've watched a 30 minute youtube video it's almost showing them um that you're willing to to learn and that you you know where to go to find out answers absolutely like i think a lot of people and especially younger people get discouraged where it says oh you need experience um, to get this job and it's tough when you come out of school obviously you don't have any but just like you said if if you went into the interview and you saw in the job description that uh, your daily job was going to be transacting on Shopify store or building Facebook ads then just like you said if you told um, kind of your potential employer listen I haven't maybe kind of purchased any Facebook ads or any um, Shopify stores but I have just watched two hours of content on this expert explain it and I have a good understanding. Do you have any resources for anyone who um, might just be starting out that could really help them in their knowledge and learning when they're about to go into interviews? Yeah, I think that's um, sort of even a good place to leave it rather than um, ask you a few more questions. Um, find, a, find an ad, an interview ad, and then the job description, take a couple points out of it and go research them and watch videos in depth. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we'll finish off there. Thank you for being an awesome guest and I look forward to picking up the podcast next year.